Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sabrina. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Corinne. You're welcome. It's funny because I was about to talk about how I'm a little bit hungover and (laughs) (laughs) this is 30. I ate so much cheese last night and my stomach hates me. I was going to say, you can't do the things you used to be able to, but I don't think you've ever been able to successfully eat cheese. You know, no, no, no. What does it say? Not today? Not today, anyone. Not today. It's just generally not today. Not today, but your birthday is also not today. (laughs) It's also not today, but it is the best day. It's in a few days. It's Saturday, right? It's Saturday this year. Yes. But it's the best day ever because it's the day that the universe brought you to us. You're right. That's a really sweet way to say that. Thank you. I thought that the best way to celebrate your birthday would not to be having me compliment you, but rather to do something that means a lot to you, but also probably is one of my biggest fears. And that is go through our reviews and read you some positive reviews. Like, what does Sabrina love most? Oh, when people rate and review positively. I usually try to avoid because I my feelings get hurt easily. But I did this for you. I did send you a really good one the other day because it was funny because we've gotten the two brain cells or what is it? Two girls, one brain cell. Two girls, one brain cell. Mm-hmm. The other day, someone rated and reviewed us on iTunes saying, finally, some intellect. And I was like, we're smart. Wow, you think? Thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh gosh, here's the thing. There's there's a podcast for everyone and then for every podcast someone likes, there's going to be something that's just not quite their style. And some people feel obliged to write down why. But I found some people Can I real quick compliment myself? Okay, of course. It's your birthday. It's your birthday episode. Thank you. So I know I'm not the smartest person in the room, but the other day I had this moment and I was like, I'm intelligent and I'm a smart human and I'm not in your face smart, but I also know how to put my smartness aside and have a good time, which makes me even more smart. And I just had a moment recently where I was like, I have intellect and I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I mean, there's quite literally nothing you've done in your life to suggest otherwise. I think. I'm trying to think what stupid things I've done. I've done some (laughs) stupid things. (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't rate your intelligence. And there's different levels of intelligence, right? Like some people are very book smart. Some people are great in math. Some people are great with people. Some people are really natural experts when it comes to tinkering and putting things together and tending to the earth and just yeah. knowing how to interact with others. So there's so many different versions of smart. Different skill sets. I am going to read you some things that don't say you guys are the smartest, but do say some other some other things. So I screenshotted a bunch. Oh, I went deep, but I'll just choose a few. This is nice. Okay. So this is from Meg Hayes and they titled it five stars. Awesome. Listen. Hi, I found two girls, one ghost, and I've been listening while at work and I'm really enjoying the show. The cat though, the cat has freaked me out on multiple (laughs) times. Keep it spooktacular. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm going to grab Leia. I'm going to give her her moment. Give her her moment. Show her to the camera. Meow. There she is. Meow. Not hi. only has she spooked other people for screaming, but we have gotten plenty of messages saying that she triggers other cats. 
who <laughs> there she goes by default listening. Yeah. That a lot of a lot of other cats enjoy listening to Two Girls One Ghost because they get to hear Leia. They're, so they're buddies. I thought that was a great one. Oh, I love that. Okay. This is also a great one. This is from podcast reviewer two six four eight three seven six three. They wrote five stars, or I guess rated five stars, titled it Such an Amazing Podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I haven't stopped binging it since my sister introduced me to it. I highly recommend it to anyone who's looking for a good spine chilling spook. So the pyramid scheme is working. It's working. <laughs> Get sucked, baby. Get sucked. Okay. I'll read a couple more. Okay. This is from Use Karma 79. It's called Two Girls, One Good Time. <laughs> Rated five stars. Love this podcast, although I need to take breaks as I've been getting sleep paralysis when I've been. <laughs> Thanks, ghost. <laughs> We're so sorry. I hope your sleep paralysis has gotten better. I know. Okay, I, I'm going to read one, two more. Okay. This is a one-star review, but I believe it was meant to be five stars based on oh, okay. the subject. Unless they like came back and changed their their stars. Maybe. It's a hashtag loves to dance, rated us one star, but titled it, I love this podcast. This is my favorite podcast, and I seriously recommend it to anybody who loves ghosts, the paranormal, and anything spooky. Corinna and Sabrina are such amazing ghostesses, and they will become your best friends. Awesome podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. Heart. So I think I think that can be converted over to a five star. I think so too. Lastly, I'll end on this. This is from Jesse Mama 22. It is five stars, and the subject line is Dear Sabrina. Oh. Hey ghostesses. My name is Jess, and I found your podcast earlier Hi, this Jess. year. It's my first ever podcast, so I had to start at the beginning. I just listened to Sabrina's birthday episode from 2020, where Sabrina admitted that she loves to read the reviews, and Corinne suggested that we start addressing Sabrina like she's our diary. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> anyway, I love the show, and I feel like I'm in the room with y'all when listening. You make my night shift so much more tolerable. Oh, that's so sweet. So there you go. Your birthday reviews. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Corinne. That was a Dear great way. Dear Sabrina. Dear Diary, I was possessed today. I was possessed today. I was excited to find that last one too, because I was like, oh, this is perfect. We're calling back your birthday from three years ago where you're like, I love reviews. I'm like, here we go. Why didn't I think of this before? I had this literally this morning as I was trying to get myself together to sit down here and, and greet you with my presence. I <laughs> was like... We have six years of the podcast. I would be so curious for my own self growth, like journey, my growing, like my journey into growing into myself and all of this to go back and re-listen to some of those episodes. Oh, that would be interesting to see how you talk about things. Yeah. It's like a chronological journal of our lives. And we do talk about our personal lives in these. And I remember recording and we're figuring things out. We're figuring ourselves out. Yeah. I got coffee with Anne who made our logo yesterday and it made me think back to the days that I was a PA on blind spot. I was getting people's lunch. I was like getting coffee and taking notes for everyone in the room. And, and then I would get to work super early and record in the mornings. And there was like one time where the elevator just was like standing open on the sixth floor. And it was super creepy. And yeah, it just made me feel nostalgic for all of the times that we've recorded. And how much we've been through in life in six years. Mm -hmm. I know it is really wild. And I feel like I'm reminded of that when people... Sometimes I'll get comments on my Instagram where someone will be like, I just started listening to your podcast and 
I'm I'm in the episodes where you're talking about how horrible dating is and then I just looked you up and I see you're married now. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like I'm like, wow, it is so wild how much we have talked about. Like, yeah, yeah, you had you were starting out in your career as a writer in Hollywood. I was going to grad school in psychology. Yeah. Now we pod we keep podcasting. <laughs> It's our only study is each other and podcasting. I got into the workshop. I got my first script. Like all of those things were happening. I don't know. It's kind of cool. It is cool. Remember when we did the crossover with Ladies and Tangents? I think it was maybe the first one. And I was like, because they have kids. So I was like, it is really interesting to think of podcasting, especially for their format where it's so conversational. They tell so many anecdotal stories and you get to understand their personalities and their lives so much where I was like, this is a diary for your future kids to listen to basically and see what, what mom and my aunt were up to in their early thirties, you know? So it is, here we are, we're figuring it out. And what are you going to do for your 30th? Any fun celebrations? I'm so excited. Okay. So I, we talked recently about how like it's weird that there's no movie about like 30 going on 13. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a summer party, a 13 year old summer party. I made an invitation. It says no boys allowed. I got everyone matching like sweatshirts and sweatpants and we got a hotel in Hollywood and we're going to order room service and I don't know, just hang, eat pizza and food and be like, childlike. Oh man, I wish I could go. I wish there was like a bullet train that just took me within an hour to LA. Zip, zap, zap. But that'll be amazing. Zip, zap, zap. You also take a lot of pictures and videos. Are there any things, not to make you reflect too hard, (laughs) but are there any any things uh, that you think in this next, maybe not a reflection thing, but rather in this next decade of your life that you're excited for? Yeah, I'm excited for everything. There was a period of time in, in the last year where I didn't like life very much. And I'm really glad I am in a place where I wake up and I want to get out of bed. So that's really, I'm just grateful for that feeling. Looking forward to waking up every day. Yeah. I love that. Yay. You know what else I'm doing for my birthday? What? (laughs) What? Demons. Oh, yes. Okay. This was the worst for me and the best for you. You gave me this. I'm like literally tearing up. Can you even see it on the camera? I don't know. Yeah, I can. I'm already scared. (laughs) We realized the other day too on Campfire Stories because I'm like, I'm always wiping my nose. It's so gross. I'm so snotty. I'm always sniffling, but it never happens in my normal day life. It is as soon as we start recording, as soon as we get on Campfire Stories, it's basically as soon as we start talking ghosts. And someone was like, it must be your fear response. (laughs) And so right now I'm like literally feeling, I'm feeling it well up. My sinuses are like, oh my God, because Sabrina gave me this prompt. She said, terrifying Ouija boards, demons, possessions, try your best to scare me. (laughs) I am going to try. I tried to basically do almost everything on that list. So I have three stories for today. So should I start? Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with the one called Inner City Exorcism. Oh. Hello, ghostesses. Been listening to you ladies for three years now. I've always loved the way that you mix humor, creepy things, and your everyday lives into the same episode. It makes listening a roller coaster of emotion and enjoyment. (laughs) You never know what we're going to talk about next. (laughs) Nope. 
<laughs> which some reviews have suggested that that's not everyone's style. <laughs> but we're glad, AJ, that it's yours. Okay. Over my entire life, I've had several experiences and have been surrounded by paranormal and spiritual things growing up. The city I grew up in, Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Did I say that right? I know it. Hey, yeah, Perth Amboy. You do? Yeah. Perth Amboy. Okay. Perth Amboy, New Jersey is one of the oldest cities in the U.S. and is home to the proprietary house, which is one of the most haunted places in the world. Feel free to look it up. So, nose goes. <laughs> well, I'm going uh, to research this okay. one. Great. Love it. Okay. I'm from a Latin slash Hispanic background, and a majority of the people in my city are the same coming from all over South and Central America. With that kind of culture, spiritualism and religion are very prominent, meaning that most of what we did and believed was tied to the spiritual, and we dealt with it every day like it would be the weather. Ever since I was a little boy, my mom taught me to face any darkness and be ready for spiritual battles at any time. The story I'm going to share is my mother's. She told me about it the day after it happened. I was maybe 10 or so. There were several people there as participants as well. This all started one night. My mother would go to church throughout the week and pray. Our church is in the middle of our city and it's not exactly in the good part of it either, but they kept the doors open for prayer and for anyone that needed help. So she went and she prayed. And when she got there, she could not believe her eyes. At the front of this church was a man that we knew well. Let's call him Frank. He was kneeling and praying. Nothing big there. He always is there praying. But what was unusual was that there was this young man that was laid out on the floor behind Frank who seemed to be pinned. Oh my God. My mother and other people who also arrived to pray were shocked. This boy seemed glued to the ground, unable to move. It was apparent that he had been possessed by something as he wiggled on the ground, but was still unable to break free. They found out afterwards that he was possessed by a demon and he had gone there to kill Frank. Other church members came forward and realized what was happening, so they made a circle around the boy. They started to pray and pray, casting the demons out of the boy, demanding in Jesus's name for it to leave and for it to not come back. As they prayed, the boy began to transform and take a snake-like appearance. He no. began to slither in front of them all. The group prayed harder and harder, and eventually the demon came out of the boy after hours of praying and rebuking. It came out as a dark, shadowy figure, and it sat in the farthest row towards the back of the church for a moment before then leaving the building. Afterwards, they picked up the boy and they drove him home. He spoke to them and how he had dabbled with dark magic and he had used a Ouija board. And no. that is what led to his possession. After that, he denounced all darkness and he went home. My mom never told me who the boy was, but I hope he kept on the right path and that he stayed safe. I have other stories like this from the time that I saw some red eyes that said my name as a child to me fighting for oh. my pillow with an invisible force. But maybe I'll share those later. Hope you enjoyed reading this at least. Keep up the spooky work and see you on the other side. AJ. 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 I think it's so interesting that this boy, man, guy who was possessed, that in the, the demon in his body wanted and was able to go into a church like that is a very very bold move right the fact that it lingered around there too almost makes me think that it was it was taking a beat to be like well should i just possess someone else like is there something else here that i can do like it wasn't certain that its job was done or that it should move on it was still surveying the group <gasps> my god is so here. freaky yeah, yeah, yeah go get it so how far away is this place from where you live perth amboy or where you grew up. 
Well, if you want to walk, because apparently that's the best, that's the first thing my phone wants to do. It's a nine hour walk. It's because you don't have a car anymore. (laughs) So your phone knows that you're almost never in a car. You're walking. It's about an hour drive. I think it's kind of close to where my dad, well, where my half siblings live. Interesting. Man, to think that there was this possession that happened right there, so close to where you grew up, so close to your haunted house. Well, to be fair, I feel like New Jersey's got a lot going on. I mean, the whole world, there's, you know, hauntings around every corner, under every pillow. Right. Under every skin. Under every skin. (laughs) I do get asked frequently whether, like, from people who are like, oh, how's the podcast going? Do you ever think you'll run out of ghost stories? And I'm like, no, never. Yeah, people ask that all the time. I think we could do this every day of the week for the rest of our lives. We could do this for 80 years and we'd never run out of a ghost story. Seriously. I mean, we have like 7,000 emails that we haven't read. Yeah. And there's so many that are recorded and chronicled online too, like for our researched episodes. We'll never run out. We'll never. Never a fear. We're going to do this forever. Yes, we are. I don't Um, see an end in sight. Do you? No. (laughs) I'm sticking here. I'm setting my butt down twice a week, every week for (laughs) the rest of eternity. Same. Okay, great. We're stuck with each other and I can't wait. I love you. (laughs) I I love you. (laughs) Okay. I'm curious what emails you picked out for your own birthday episode. So one of my birthday gifts that I requested the other day, very last second was when we were on campfire stories because our listener Percy shared a story. Also, there's so much captivity happening right now. Paranormal captivity. Truly. Okay. So Percy shared a story on Campfire Stories and I was like, Percy, you got to email this for my birthday, please. I want to read it on my birthday encounters. And Percy delivered. So thank you, Percy. Yeah. His experience was so wild. I was sitting around an actual campfire in the back of my parents. That sounds weird. In the back of my parents' house, in our backyard. And after we got off Campfire Stories, my parents made me repeat what Percy had said because they were like, they felt like they were missing some details. And they're like, wait, what happened? What happened? And I retold Percy's story to them. So buckle up, everyone. Buckle up. And this is, okay, this is a great shout out to anyone who is like, do I join Patreon so I can join Campfire Stories? Yes. Because this is an exception where I was being selfish and I wanted Percy's story for myself and for all of you. but. For the most part, all of the stories that occur and are told on Campfire Stories, they only exist there. So if you want to hear similar stories... That's one of the weird things. It's like, well, is it weird that all of us that are there together have a bunch of ghost stories? Probably not. But I feel like what we do here on Campfire Stories sometimes are like the most extreme ghost stories, like so horrifying. I'm like, how are you guys sitting here in your living rooms telling us this? <laughs> I'd be terrified for the rest of my life. Especially when people share stories about haunted places as they're in that haunted place. From the place. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm it like, happens you a lot. Are brave. Okay. So this is from Percy. Hello. My name is Percy. He, him, and I have been an avid listener since 2020. I recently told one of my scariest stories on Campfire Stories and Sabrina requested I send it here. Thank you, Percy. This story takes place in a Midwest urban area, like the type bigger than a town, but you can't really call it a city in itself. And it takes place at the end of my freshman year of college. Don't worry, Corinne. It wasn't Indiana, but it is absolutely (laughs) terrifying. (laughs) 
I was an out-of-state kid, which meant I had to pack all of my dorm up and put it into storage over the summer. My freshman roommate had left early and left the dorm a wreck, which meant it would take me forever to pack and clean it out. How kind. How lovely. I had to be out of my dorm room by 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. And at around 2 a.m., I quickly realized I was out of trash bags and boxes and I had to go pick up more to continue. Exhausted and frustrated, I drove over to a 24-hour big box store nearby and picked up some supplies. While I came in frustrated, I refocused myself and I left the store feeling pretty centered. Like had all... Percy had all his stuff and was like, okay... Gonna get this done. Mm -hmm. First big mistake, I ended up leaving the store at around 3 a.m. And this is where things took a bad turn. I was driving home and the roads were pitch black, except for those vintage round lights down the residential streets, every couple houses that don't really light the road well. But they stay lit from sundown to sunup. As I'm driving down this road, it starts to feel endless. At this point, my navigation starts to reload and tell me different directions. Finally, my navigation settles and tells me to take a right. As I do, one of those lights flickered, which shouldn't be possible. And it illuminated a figure with a hat and a backpack standing at the corner of the road. As I was slowing down to make this turn, I make eye contact with this man and every bone of my body tells me to run. I simultaneously will never forget what he looked like and could not focus my eyes on him. This creature had no face, but I could feel its presence. Even typing about this figure, my hairs on my neck are standing up. He looked like an old man, but also 40 at the same time. I could see his eyes perfectly despite it being pitch black. Then in this quarter of a second, as I'm taking the turn, I hear a baby crying and screeching. And I notice a thing on the back of him that looked like a backpack, but with a smaller creature in it. As I turned my car, which is miraculous that I didn't crash, I felt the eyes on the back of my head and I started sobbing and I got the overwhelming feeling that I was going to die. I was 100% convinced I would not make it home alive. I looked in the rear view mirror to see if the figure was still there. And not only was it not there, but that light that had illuminated it did not exist. Ah, uh, that's the, that part, I'm, all of this is freaky, but that one freaks me out the most. As I looked behind me, all I could see were darker shadows following my car and blocking out the lights as I drove past them. I slowed my car down, sobbing, as I continued to drive back to my dorm. Not only was I absolutely convinced that I was going to die, but I had images flashing through my head of semi-trucks and other things hitting my car out of nowhere. I really thought I'm going to die. When I got to my dorm, I sat in my car and sobbed. I looked at the time only to see that my five-minute drive somehow took 90 minutes. Even oh, if I went 10 miles chills. per hour down the road, it would not have taken that long. I cried and cried, and I called my best friend and told her what happened. I refused to leave my car until the sun came up, and even then, I was terrified. I've never seen this entity again, and I've often wondered if it was my imagination. But when I think about how my mood shifted and the absolute terror that I felt, I really do believe myself. I truly believe that maybe I went into a parallel universe and that version of myself died that night. I mentioned on Campfire Stories that I am Jewish and I don't believe in demons, but multiple friends have verbalized that they think that what I saw was a demon. Other thoughts from folks on Campfire Stories were a golem, a watcher, a flesh pedestrian. The one thing missing from this story is my nervous laughter through all of it. 
This story was terrifying <laughs> to live through, and I hope it's spooky and entertaining for anyone listening. Watch out for my upcoming emails about Ireland, my spooky house experiences, and my general experiences. Thank you both for creating such a positive and beautiful space. It's so nice to be able to meet so many others with experiences and be able to discuss it. Percy. Oh my gosh. And Percy's pugs. At least, and Percy's pugs. At least he sent a, a photo of his pugs at the <laughs> end of this email. See, because it's just as terrifying. searched for the happiness. I was like, I'm not going to show I, you pugs. I, <laughs> normally, I don't read along. I just listen. But I felt like I, I had to for basically to like hold my own hand throughout this story. Even though this is the second time I've heard it, it's still just as terrifying. It's so Because terrifying. I don't understand. It's so weird because it's like Percy went into some sort of... There was some sort of glitch that happened or some sort of like portal dimension or whatever, because the fact that it took 90 minutes to go, what was five minutes, that there were lights flickering that weren't there. Percy was encountering all of this weird demon. There was a demon. And then like, what was the creature? I don't remember this from the first time Percy told the story. I I must have blocked it out of my memory. (laughs) But the like creature on the back of the demon's back that he was carrying. Mm -hmm. It almost reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy for some reason, like just like a mod podge of interesting and weird and scary creatures venturing all together in a group it just it yeah it definitely doesn't feel of our world like it feels like Mm-mm. something you would not see and the way that the thing screeched and cried yes yeah and just the feeling of of you are going to die is the most important thing to take away from all of this. Because if it was just this odd anomaly and Percy's just there and can't really make sense of what he experienced, that's one thing. But for him to know that he was in danger in that situation, like he clearly wasn't supposed to be there. Or if he was, if this thing was like creating this world to suck Percy into, then there was imminent danger there. Yeah. I'm just, I just went into like a deep pit in my own brain and started thinking about, because I very much believe there are moments where you come into like something wild happens, but like you glitch out of it. Like I do believe that there are weird timelines and almost maybe we have died in other timelines and you jump to another one. I don't know, but then it brings up so many questions. So I don't really understand it. But in this situation, it is so curious that Percy lost time. And that feeling is so overwhelming that it does feel like, okay, my own, okay. I know I didn't finish that thought, but I have another one. So here it is. (laughs) Prioritize. Second thought coming in. (laughs) Second thought has entered the building. So my second thought is what if it wasn't about Percy dying? What if, because he said that they were driving through like a neighborhood type of area. What if something really tragic happened on that street that night or in the past. And it has opened up some type of paranormal vortex of, of a kind. I don't know. Okay. I just, to go even darker. Let's, let's hear it. Do I want to say this? I don't know. I don't know. But when you were saying that, I wasn't thinking of like opening up a portal. I was thinking that it's almost this weird residual stain where it's almost like jello. Like it's so intense that if you drive into it, Ooh. when it's occurring, you get like stuck mm. there And the guy kind of lurking with the flickering light and the baby crying, it just kind of made me think of like a kidnapping. Like what if there was a kidnapping that happened? And that's, we hear the baby cry and there's, there's something in the back of his backpack 
Uh, I don't know. It's all so disturbing, whatever it is. But then to negate my own idea or own thought is Percy has driven this road. How many times? Like, wouldn't he or others have experienced this? If it's a stain, if it exists kind of all the time, like, don't you think people would experience it more often? Yeah. So I don't don't know. know. I don't know. But I am excited for whatever next story you have. Okay. This is called A Friendly Sacrifice and a Goat Man. Hi, girls. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now after hearing you on an episode of the Morbid Podcast. Shout out to Alina and Ash. I've experienced the supernatural since I was a kid and I felt really connected with the two of you. I finally decided to email after several signs from your podcast. I was working, that's when I listen, and I thought, man, I should really share my story about my experiences. And then literally the next episode, number 82, was about the same place that I had my experience. I procrastinated and then again today, somebody shared their experience at the same place. So here we are. I have two stories I would like to share with you. And the first story I'd like to share with you takes place on Goatman's Bridge in Denton, Texas. I love... Okay. There are so many Goatman's Bridge. I feel like there's more than one. Oh, probably. Sort of like the... What are they called? Where it's the road that your car will go drive up on a hill and there's like little hands. Gravity Hill. kids' fingerprints. Gravity Hill. Yeah. There's a bunch of Gravity Hills, I feel like too. Yeah. Okay. My group of friends and I pulled up to the empty parking lot and it was my husband and I and two other couples. We got out of the car and we walked through the entrance. It was pitch black. Thick trees lined the sides of us, covered in cobwebs. We came up to the old wooden bridge when all of a sudden we heard a blood-curdling scream. Oh, this is so unsettling. Well, like Sabrina, my flight response kicked in and I noped myself out of there. (laughs) I turned and I ran past my friend accidentally stepping on my best friend's flip-flop, which made her fall to the ground. <laughs> I, looked b- I looked back, but my other friends were already helping her up. So cue your best Forrest Gump impression because I just kept running. Therefore, sacrificing one of my best friends to whatever that thing was that had screamed. We laugh about it now, but she still gives me a hard time about how I sacrificed her to the goat. <laughs> Second story is when my husband and I moved in with my parents and I when we were about 19 slash 18 before we got our own place. I had told him not to turn off the TV at night because weird things happened in my room. My closet door would open by itself. I had a balloon that started bouncing against the wall when there was no airflow anywhere nearby. But I also suffered from sleep paralysis. Pop that balloon, baby. Why is that in there if it's happening? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say this. I don't think it should be a but I suffered from sleep paralysis. I think it should be an and I suffered from sleep paralysis because... I feel like they're saying, oh, but I suffered from sleep paralysis. So probably weird stuff was just, I feel like it's, you got sleep paralysis because of how haunted this room was for sure. Okay. I agree. I agree. After I'd fallen asleep, he turned off the TV. Well, in the middle of the night, I woke up to this huge shadow figure stroking my arm and his dark face staring down at me. I was sleeping on my stomach and the arm, what? and the arm it was stroking was asleep. I was able to turn onto my back, but when I tried to say my husband's name and wake him up, it felt like I had no voice, and I was glued to the bed. As panic set in, the shadow figure began to run around my bed as if it were trying to find a way out or something. It finally disappeared, and I was able to wake him up, panicked, saying, why did you turn off the TV? He said he couldn't sleep with the TV on, and I explained what had just happened. He comforted me, and we went back to sleep. The next night, he did it again. He turned off the TV, (laughs) except this time it wasn't me who had the experience. It was my husband's turn. Good. 
He woke up in the middle of the night and said this huge figure with a goat head stood over me, stroking my arm, looking at him, taunting him. He said he felt paralyzed, that he wanted to wake me up, but he couldn't move. He said it was one of the scariest things he'd ever felt and that he hated not being able to protect me from whatever that thing was. I now second guess myself if it was sleep paralysis or if it was a demonic spirit. My aunt told me how to read tarot cards and how to use a pendulum when I was 10 years old, and I surely didn't protect myself correctly back then. I also collected glass dolls. Multiple of those were given to me by the same aunt. (laughs) What a spooky aunt. Yeah. So who knows if it's because of my inexperienced self-communicating with spirits or if there was a spirit attached to one of the dolls, but we've never had any more experiences since we moved out of my stepdad's house and my glass dolls have been safely wrapped in storage till we get a house. I was saving them for my daughter, but now I'm not so sure I should give them to her. (laughs) Thanks for the endless hours of entertainment while I groom dogs for six to eight hours a day, five days a week. I hope I see y'all in Dallas for my birthday. See you on the other side, Lindsay. Um, we hope to see you there too, Lindsay. And I have so many things to say. Okay. First, this scares me so much because I feel like we've talked about sleep paralysis and people are like, it only happens if I sleep on my back, but clearly it also happens if you're sleeping on your stomach. I don't think that this is a sleep paralysis, just like weird brain thing. It's 100% a spirit. Also, let's just point out really quick that Lindsay wasn't just in one solid position. Like Lindsay actually turned her body at some point. So she was awake. She, yeah, she did end up half being able to move herself. It's not like she was fully in a dream. It's also just weird. Like imagine this like shadow figure stroking your arm. Like, and it doesn't sound like Lindsay got like Oh, comforting vibes. It was like, no, this is uncomfortable. This is discomfort. This is approaching incubus level discomfort. Yeah. It's also odd behavior for the demon, the shadow figure to try to like scurry around the room, like unsure of where to hide or what to do next. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get out the window. My last thing I was going to say is now that the dolls are... Okay. Now that Lindsay and her husband have not had any experiences since moving out of that house and the dolls are wrapped up, I feel like this is a perfect time to figure out what was causing it. Was it the home or was it the doll or the dolls? And when they do find their own, their next home, spend a couple nights without the dolls and then bring the dolls in and see if it triggers anything. And then if it does, then you know not to give the dolls to your, your daughter. Right. And if you're looking to get rid of them, sell them on Etsy. I was going to say, bring them to the show. Oh, bring them to the show. Give them to Sabrina. No, but I was thinking there's so many haunted objects collectors out there and people search for them. So if you're doing it on Etsy or eBay or what have you, basically just if you're trying to get rid of them, either find someone who wants to take them, who knows that they're haunted or advertise them as haunted so that it's not a uh, goodwill situation where someone thrifts a haunted object unknowingly. What's happened to me? I don't know. This is 30, though. You're asking to collect creepy... Ads. What are you going to do if something like this happens? Like, if you experience all these things, are you just going to be like... It'd be good podcast content. Girl gets herself possessed for podcast content. <laughs> I didn't realize our content was getting stale after six years. And she had to <laughs> fully get possessed. Okay. Why not? Anything for you and for our business, Corinne. <laughs> I, I laughed yesterday because... Uh, yesterday we were on a call with Seth, our manager, 
And we were just having a conversation and he asked about like drinking and you and I both kind of took a break from drinking for a little while. And then I said something like, well, I'm getting back into it now. Um, it's been kind of fun. I'm in this, like, I'm just going to be really impulsive and make bad decisions phase of my life. So stay tuned, everyone. And then he was like, okay, writing this down, Sabrina, impulsive phase of life. <laughs> great, 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 great. Corinne, not drinking. Okay. <laughs> very different, very I different behaviors from his my hands full two here. clients. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm excited to be crazy. Do it. Let your freak flag fly, girl. And I'm going to do it by collecting your haunted objects and getting possessed. Knock on wood. I'm not actually going to get possessed. (laughs) Your lovely little cottage is going to turn into like this dark occult museum. All of the porcelain dolls that are cracked right through their eyes. I think we're going to hear some cat hissing in a second because so is sneaking up on Leah. But, um, One of my favorite compliments I've ever received is that I have such a sunny disposition, but then what I speak about is so startling because it does not fit my bright and sunny, like very kind mannerisms and personality. And I love the juxtaposition. Yeah. People are just watching you like smiling and laughing and then they come up to you and they're like, oh, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, (laughs) the darkest subjects ever. Damn it. So I feel like this home is going to take on that exterior, beautiful, sunny, like welcoming. And then the interior is going to be a little bit dark. It's still going to be welcoming. It's still going to be comfy, cozy, but we're just going to have a little bit of disturbing artifact inside. Yeah. Okay. So a beautiful welcoming home, but just the smallest current of disturbed energy pulsing throughout. (laughs) Yeah. I did just get a little nauseous and I don't know if it's because I'm drinking coffee. Oh, give me a second. Oh my God. I'm good. Let's read more demon stories. Purged of the demons, ready to continue. <laughs> no, this is my, I think my hangover, my cheese, all of the above coming back to haunt me, literally. Some self-destruction. Yeah, this is my impulsiveness coming back to bite me in the ass. What's your next one? Because it's my birthday encounters, I might have to do something that you won't like. But this is a story from Kelsey. She, they. And it is called Possessions, Ouija Boards, Demons, and Yes, I'm Psychic. Wait, what am I not going to like about this? Well, Kelsey sent a follow-up email and said, Hi, I just listened to Encounters 163, where y'all said to add a phone number. I'm 100% willing to do that. Here it is. You can ask me anything, anytime. Also, I'm a witch. Happy to help with any questions you may have. So depending on how we feel at the end of the story, I might want to call Kelsey. Okay. Oh my gosh, my social anxiety. (laughs) Should have given me a warning. She won't be able to hear you because you're in my headphones. I'm scared. She also said, P.S. Me and my dog, Iron Man, were an honorable mention in your Halloween costume. And we were Eddie Munson and a Demo Bat. Oh, cute. (laughs) And then P.P.S. My sister and I are working on our story about a demon I mentioned. For a long time, I thought it was a vampire, but vamps, I guess, maybe are technically demons. Let me know in the comments below. Huh. (laughs) Hello, ghostesses. I have a ton of experiences. One particular one I thought I sent in October 2019, but I could not find it anywhere in my email. I'm also open to reading this live with you guys because I've almost perfected the retelling. That's what Campfire Stories is for. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. I am from Ohio and growing up, my family was introduced to creepy supernatural shit and just normal history stuff because cemeteries were huge. You'll see why, but I cannot step foot onto one anymore without someone dying 
and me really feeling that I must go, but I can't leave once I'm there. The only time since I was young that I have gone was for funerals and a haunted Edinburgh tour plus had to see Tom Riddle's grave. And when I was 16 and my mom taught me to drive there because everyone's already dead. So essentially I've only been to three cemeteries and it was a mistake each time. I am going to copy that and I'm going to teach my future children how to drive in cemeteries. Brilliant. I don't know, based on the context of this, it does not sound like those were good experiences. And Kelsey avoids cemetery <laughs> yeah. forever now. Okay. Okay. I digress. My story I really want to share requires three sections. But please know that this is truly just one of those essentially daily experiences and just one experience of many truly demonic experiences. Great, great, mm. great. Great, great, great. Coo, coo, coo. Great, great, great. Demon, demon, demon. Here we go. First, when I was about 12, my grandma unearthed, think Jumanji style scary, my mom's old Ouija board. My mom, Sheila, likes to prank us and told us a bunch of little spooks about it. But we decided to play with it like every idiotic movie plot ever. Of course, we hadn't heard about them at this point, so who could blame us? For a while, there wasn't much issue, but there are rules to these boards and we followed them to the letter. One day, my neighbor and I were hanging in my creepy basement on the unfinished side that looks like the grudge. Thanks to Eric G for instilling that fear in me, LOL. <laughs> my neighbor was asking about the spirits in my room. How many? Are they good? Etc. It's always how we started because why not start with the hard questions? We learned that there were six in my room and some were bad. I asked the name of the one closest to me and he said, Sid. I asked if he was my guardian angel and he said, kind of. And I said, hmm. am I safe with you? And he said, I protect you from other spirits. Hmm. Okay. I then asked how old he was, and he said 21. We chat a bit, and then it was a bit spooky, so we said goodbye. Afterwards, I jumped on the trampoline and weirdly felt comforted, but also scared. I did not use the board again. I forgot about it. Not in a fully wiped clean way, but uh, decided I better not think about it. And I never told anyone, and neither did my friend. Part two, as a child, I had really bad intestinal problems. Like, I couldn't walk kind of bad. And the Cleveland Clinic world-class hospital, couldn't figure it out and never did. No matter what we did or tried, we could not figure it out. When I was 13, my neighbor died and my dad, Shane, went to the funeral. He came back home and was acting really bizarre. He and Sheila owned a business, a window cleaning company. But Sheila is in the finance hat of the company. And suddenly one day he was yelling about numbers and how he fucked them up weird as fuck. So naturally, my mom contacted a medium via email, the really famous one the TV show is based on. She's from Ohio. And this woman called her immediately. Sheila was so surprised to hear so fast because apparently this lady never took these kinds of questions. Also, remember, this is the days of DSL and dial-up and filling out forms on Blogspot versus real websites. Anyway, she told my mom that my dad was possessed by our recently deceased neighbor who was an accountant who messed up somebody's finances majorly before he passed. And if Shane went across the street to the neighbor, would leave my dad alone after he fixed the issue. What? But she said she called because of what she saw with me. This medium told my mother she called because of, and in quotes, your young daughter, 12 or 13. She lives on the second floor bedroom on the right at the end of a long hallway with light purple walls <gasps> with stars. My mom was freaked. This was before you could find any of that kind of info, like how many kids, ages, Harry Potter themed bedrooms. Also, the windows were from the 60s with awnings over them fully, so you could not see into the rooms from the outside. 
Anyway, this woman somehow knew that I had stomach problems and that no one could pin down what was wrong. And my mom's like, what the fuck? The medium tells her that either when I was a young baby, I went back to the hospital because I was really sick. Or maybe it was when I was born, I brought a 21-year-old male spirit from the hospital and he's been using my positive energy and life force to stay on earth and to not move on, which has been causing the issue in my intestines and lower abdomen and would get really, really bad soon if my mom didn't help the spirit move on. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is a whole new branch of holistic healing that we need to add. Yeah. Spiritually, like you have intestinal problems. Well, it could be A, B, C, or D, according to Western medicine. It could be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, according to Eastern and holistic medicine. Or you could have an attachment, a spiritual attachment. You have a spirit using your life force. Dang. I did not predict this. You could have given me a hundred guesses as to what, how this call would go. And that is not what I would have thought. I know the uh, medium taught my mom about saging and cleansing the house, how to do it and why. And so my mom did not tell me or my siblings and just did it. I have questions here because how do you know now? When did your mom tell you? Okay. Part three, I'm 16 and I was on my way to a football game. It was my first game meeting friends where I was driving myself. Sheila stops me and says, Hey, Kels, just curious. Have you had any stomach issues lately? I say, huh? I never realized it, but no, I haven't for a few years. Okay. Bye mom. (laughs) And she stopped me. And then she finally tells me the story of part two above. And I said, Holy shit. Are you kidding me? So I told her part one, which is the Ouija board thing. And I don't tell her his name or age about to head out. When I realize his name was Sid. So I stop and I tell my mom or I ask my mom, did she tell you his name? And Sheila says, well, she kept saying maybe it's Australian or something because she was hearing Sid, Sydney, and then just a bunch of emojis. Yeah, that is a jaw-dropping moment. It's wild, but also so incredible that all of these pieces came together. Like it, I feel like one thing could have happened and the other one didn't, and Kelsey could have just continued to have a really bad stomach problem. I have had so many experiences. So besides that huge one, here's one that mine and my sisters wanted to tell you. If you want, we can put together an email for part two to tell you. But I'm clairvoyant and clairsentient and extremely attuned to the spiritual world. I can sense good versus bad versus simply present. And I can predict the future. I can see it in my dreams and in signs. My guides are strong, but I don't know really how to tune into them. As once I tried to do a familial familial meditation and I accidentally opened the wrong door. We'll put it that way. Another story of mine, I was living in New York City in my first apartment on the Upper East Side in a building from 1911. We had a friendly ghost and whenever I was alone, things would happen. Like my bathroom light would turn on, then the water, then both would turn off, then the door would creak. The light switch is visible from the couch and I could see that he was a nice old man, but not necessarily because I could see him, but because I felt him. A year into living there, my first set of roommates moved out and my little brother, a non-believer and a random from Craigslist who I didn't know, but was a believer, would all be alone at many times, all experiencing this man who lived with us. One day I heard footsteps of a child and laughter running down the 20 foot hallway to our front door and back, but it was upstairs in the very old landlord's unit. He lived alone and had no children and... I heard that a lot, but it never really felt bad. One day, my roommate and I, in a rare moment where we were both home, started to watch The Arrival or that alien movie, Spooky. Then we both heard it. 
the kid. I said, did you hear that? And he goes, you heard it. And we realized all along what we've been hearing. When my brother got home too, he confirmed but he has been trying to rationalize it. Shortly after the first time I spent a week in there alone, I had been in the bathroom. Again, last door of a hallway and door visible in living room. I decided while watching my fave show, Supernatural, to pause it and go pee real quick. Door open because freedom, duh. As I am midstream, I feel the most evil presence I have felt since being in Scotland. And since my story of me and my sister, which is to be told later, I felt a rush. As I looked up, the door was slamming itself shut and I saw a 14 to 15 foot dark shadow creature, humanoid, but all shadow rush by. I couldn't breathe. I stood up and I wiped. I mustered the strength after a full five minutes to go look and nothing was there. Nowhere, not in any room. I went to flush because I didn't when I left and I washed my hands. And then I heard the front door open and my brother walk in. I just asked if he had been there and he was like, no, you weirdo. And went into his room and closed the door. I immediately cleansed, but the feeling did not leave for a few weeks. And now I take larger precautions, devil shoestring on the door, quince seeds, railroad nails, and many more things. I even put salt on the door line and caulked it in. And once I did that, never experience anything in that apartment again. Wait, that's kind of genius. I never thought about caulking it in. That's so smart. Before I did all of that, I did have many sleep paralysis moments. And in college, once I had a moment where I saw and felt something crawl up my body. That story I can barely think of or relive because when I do, something always happens. In September, 2020, my dad passed away and I am visited by him frequently in my dreams and in real life. But those stories deserve their own email. If you want to hear more of the spooky stories, I have a ton. Also, whenever I'm freaked out while listening to your podcast, a fruit fly appears. Stay safe and see you on the other side, Kelsey. And she sent a photo of her dog, but it's not in the one that is in our inbox because... Okay. I mean, to to start with the New York City apartment, the running upstairs kind of reminded me a little bit of the Dear David story where it's just like you hear noise above you and you're something's there and there's some creepy kid or or something. But I, I think what's incredible about that experience is how many people experienced it. Truly everyone who was in the apartment heard it, experienced it, saw this man or felt him, which is so validating if you've never had someone else experience a ghost story with you as well. That's the wildest part about the apartment is up until that moment, every experience only occurred when people were alone. Like it's almost as weird. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was picking, like trying to pick which one is the most vulnerable. Yeah. Freaky. And then the freaking Sid, Ouija board illness, medium, like the fact that the medium just from hearing Kelsey's mom's, I don't know if it was a voicemail or if it was like a submission via the internet about the dad, but the medium knew instantly about Kelsey. And that was why she called. That's, I want to understand what that's called. Cause I feel like that's more than just, maybe it's a branch of mediumship or something, but I feel like there's so much more to that than just thinking and like, well, maybe it is. It's just so wild to me that someone can just see an email, like not necessarily have to touch someone or see their face or anything like that. And just immediately find exactly where they are in this universe and see everything that's around them. It's like extreme astral projection. It's like remote viewing Yeah. At a perfect level. There's part of me that wishes that I had those abilities, but then I also just, it's a jealousy thing, but I, I love that people like that exist. Like how beautiful Mm -hmm. and powerful. Yeah. So cool. I wonder if it's something that people can learn to control 
or if it's one of those things where it's where you find yourself trying to stop yourself from thinking about someone because you might accidentally find yourself in front of them. Sort of like a privacy thing where it's like you're thinking about your friend or you're thinking about your mom or something. And then accidentally you're watching them like in their kitchen and you're like, oops, I didn't mean to be here. I'm very, very curious. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Okay. Well, I have a story for us to end on that is kind of similar to, honestly, it's a bit similar to to Percy's story. Oh, oh, great. Ish. You picked some great ones. Thanks, Corinne. Yeah. (laughs) It's called Accidental Death and Lost Time. Oh. Hi, friends. My name is Nicole Ann, she, her, and I'm a longtime listener, first-time writer. I just listened to Encounters 132, and a listener wrote in a story called The Ouija Board Killed Three of My Aunt's Friends, and another listener wrote in about their experience losing time. The first story reminded me of something my mom told me, and the second story reminded me of when I experienced my own time loss. In the Ouija board story, three people had very tragically, three people died very tragic deaths and one woman was decapitated. So for my story, years ago, I asked my mom if she believed in witchcraft and she very sternly said, yes, it's real. You have to take it very seriously. I was taken aback by how grave her voice was and asked her, did something happen? And she then went on to tell me the story of one of our family friends who was practicing who was a practicing witch for many years, but stopped after something terrible happened. My family friend, let's call her A, was wronged by someone, let's call them B, and was so angry that she put a hex on (gasps) B. The hex was supposed to inconvenience B in a significant way, like losing a job or losing a lot of money. But again, A was so, so, so angry. So a lot of bad intention and ill will went into this hex. I feel like... I feel like in order for a hex to work, there has to be that much bad intention and ill will. But then that's bad. It's so bad. I'm not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying like the power that needs to fuel something so evil, I feel like needs to come from such a dark place. True. But then it's like, like if I were like, Hey, I'm going to hex someone and have no feeling about it, then it's not going to work. True. It's kind of like with manifestations where you're supposed to really believe and feel it. Mm-hmm. and just kind of speak and feel with conviction. But I think the part that is bad about this, well, on many levels, <laughs> on many is levels. that it sounds like there's there's no control over how dark it can get. Like you ask for something, but because of the energy and the power you're putting into it, so much more can happen. Yeah. Okay. She was so, so angry. So a lot of bad intention and ill, went, Ill will went into the hex. Literally the next day, B died by decapitation in a solo car accident. When A heard about this, she swore off witchcraft and she got rid of everything related to it. I've known A since I was a baby. I'm now 27 years old and never associated her with anything witchy. And I was actually shocked when my mom told me that she used to be a witch because there's nothing about her today that would even hint at it. I'm not supposed to even know that A used to practice witchcraft. She closed out the story warning me that if I ever want to practice, I need to have respect for the craft. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So wild. Oh my God. Okay. Now for my next story. I can't think about this story too much because it freaks me out, but I'm very excited to tell you about it. Back in 2015, I lost a huge chunk of time. I'm the type of person who doesn't go to get gas until my gas light comes on, which is not a good habit, I know. But here's how the scene played out. I'm driving home from my last class of the day. The class lets out at 3.50 p.m. 
my gas light comes on. So I'm like, okay, might as well get gas now since I pass a gas station on the way home. I pull into the gas station and I turn off my car. I wake up naked in my bed. (gasps) What? I remember waking up on my back on the top of the sheets, but a blanket is put over me. I get extremely disoriented and I realize that I'm naked and I'm like, what the fuck? So I get dressed and I walk into the living room and my roommate asks me, what happened last night? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says that she got home from work and every single light was on. Every single door was open minus the front door, but it was unlocked. And when I say every single light, I mean every single light was on. Every single door was open. I mean it. The overhead microwave light, our desk lamps, floor lamps, the coat closet light. If there was a light, it was on. The kitchen cabinet doors were open. The microwave was open. Our medicine cabinet, if there was a door, it was open. She goes to my room and sees that I'm butt ass naked laying in bed and she puts a blanket over me, turns off my lights and then closes the door. I told her the last thing that I remember was looking at my gaslight and turning off my car. So we go outside, we turn on my car and my tank is full. So somehow I still got gas. I just don't know how. I don't even remember unbuckling myself. So we start to theorize what could have happened, but for the life of us, we are stumped. At the time I was 20, I couldn't get into clubs. I couldn't buy my own alcohol. I only drank with my roommate because really we were each other's only friends. She closed at work that night and got home around 10. And that is when she found me. So yeah, that's it. I don't think I'll ever know what happened and maybe it's better that way. Hope you enjoyed these. I have plenty of ghost stories that I'll send in one day too. I'm able to see and communicate with spirits. It's a gift I inherited from my great grandmother on my mom's side. And it's made my life very interesting. Till next time, Nicole Ann. Nicole. <laughs> um, okay. I'm like at a loss for words with the same. First of all, I really want to know more about the A hex. Like what did she do to, to put the hex on B? And like what what co- like what caused that anger? Her whatever form of divination she was practicing seemed to be really dark and ill intent. And so I really appreciate that. Nicole Ann's mom didn't just say like a blanket, like stay away from witchcraft or stay away from this because it was, she clearly understood that the problem wasn't that it was how it was used and, and how deep and dark her friend had gotten into it. You know, it's like how you use it and what you ask for just with anything too. And so I'm glad that Nicole Ann's mom's warning was more of like, you need to respect these things because terrible things can happen when you wish ill upon someone else and when you have bad intentions you create evil and then freaking how it's not like there's there's literally no explanation no logical explanation for how nicole could just lose that much time go from turning her car off because she had an empty gas tank at a gas station to waking up naked with all of the lights on and like in her apartment like having no memory of how she got there yes it is so bizarre because okay so her roommate came back at 10 10 ish p.m and she lost time uh, just a few minutes before 4 p.m there's a huge chunk of time that is missing and this is before i mean nicole didn't even wake up until the next day so really she was unconscious for like more than half a day basically that is it's so scary. The cabinets and the lights things, that's weird. At least whatever happened, if it was aliens or some type of like spiritual possession. That's what I was thinking. They filled a, the gas tank. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was 
Yeah, because at first I was kind of thinking aliens, like a little alien abduction, especially with the electrical being weird and all that sort of stuff. But it is interesting if it was some sort of spiritual reason, some sort of like possession almost, because Nicole Ann did say that she's very connected to the other side. But yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things that happen in people's life with like mental health and with stress that your body can have a response to shut down, but it would be, it. what's confusing about this is every single door, every single light, like literally everything being open. It feels like one of those paranormal activity movies where it's like, like poltergeisty. There's all this energy and it's like, boom, everything's open. Everything's on. I don't even, I, it's really hard to process that. And I feel like Nicole is sharing this story and, and maybe it's the way you read it, but like with almost like a, well, it's terrifying and I've tried to figure it out, but it happened and there's nothing I can do about it. But it is, I mean, yeah, I guess there is nothing you can do about it, but that is like absolutely terrifying. I wonder if hypnosis would work. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Wait, Nicole, you should totally do one of those. Like you and your, your roommate, if you guys are still friends, you guys should do like a YouTube hypnosis or something. Cause I, I'm like also scared for Nicole where I want there to be a supervisor in the room while she's going through hypnosis. If she's following one of the YouTube channels yeah, and I want her to just do it because especially given how much time she lost already, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if that summons something else? And she suddenly is losing three days of her life. Like there's, there's alien abduction stories though, where people do go missing for like four days, seven days for a long period of time. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I have a birthday wish and I know that this is my birthday episode, but I have a birthday wish for the next year of our podcasting. Mm -hmm. We have talked about doing past life regression hypnosis therapy. Yeah. I would like to wish and request that in the next year we do that as episodes and we video, we film it. Ooh, that's a great idea. I'm very down for this. I will do this. I think the reason we didn't get to it this past year was because our plates were too full. So we talked about it and then we're like, oh, we got to figure this out when we're here or when we're there. We got to do it together. And then the reality was we were already running out of time to do all of the things we we're supposed to do. So I think if we make it like a conscious trip where it's like you and I are together and we actually do this and this is the purpose of us like being together, it will be done. And I think that that would be really fascinating. We absolutely have to do it. If anyone has a good recommendation of someone we could use for this, because I feel like we, a a lot of the processing and like building up to it is going to do the research is going to be doing the research and finding the right person to do it Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if anyone's been to anyone that, yeah, you really trust and feel safe with to do this, let us know. Happy birthday, Sabrina. Thank you. Our cat loving alien obsessed ghostess cats and aliens might be the same thing we don't know (laughs) that's true that's true hey we might be aliens too who knows what even is (laughs) i was gonna say what even is evolution but i realize people would have some people might not realize i'm being facetious (laughs) i kind of stop myself halfway through i'm kidding but what is life but what is life okay We love you all. If you have any hauntings, demonic possessions, or cryptid, anything paranormal, supernatural, weird, please email it to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And then come join us on tour. We are coming to 32 cities in the US, one show in Canada, in Toronto. Please come. We would love to see you on the road. 
We would love to have your recommendations as well. If there's places that you recommend that we stop while we're on the road in these cities, please let us know. We love you all so much. And let's keep this birthday celebration going by you guys reading and reviewing us on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen, uh, because that is, that's your gift to Sabrina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to our team, Loren, Avery, Christina, our manager, Seth, everybody who helps us, all of you phantoms who listen every single week or whenever you listen, whether you binge it or get to one episode every three months because you have to take a break because it's creating hauntings in your house. We still love you and appreciate you. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.